You're listening to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping podcast hosted by 23-year-old fish keeper Aqua Alex Cardinal. For three years, we provided you with quality tropical fish information, and we'll continue providing some information on freshwater and saltwater tropical fish. Let's dive down deep into the aquarium and chat fish. Live from his fish room is Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is now live. Tropical fish hobby with you. 
I want my passion of tropical fish to shine through each episode. I'm not going to stick to a strict schedule of episodes or do so many a week because then it's hard to put up A-quality shows. I can promise you that when I do go on the air for Aquatic Wetline, I will try my best to deliver a fun, action-packed, tropical fish show. I will say that 2017, without a doubt, will be a successful year for Aquatic Wetline. Tonight, I, Aqua Alex, and Aquatic Wetline kickstart your 2017 fishkeeping hobby with a bang. I present to you on this very first episode of 2017 an action-packed tropical fish chat with three fish-keeping guests, tropical fish chat, and much more. There's a lot going on tonight's show. You want to stick around for the entire show and listen to it because if you leave, you're going to miss something. So make sure you listen to the whole entire show. So here's what's planned for the show tonight. Special guest will be community fish lover Jeremy Stellhorn, African secret lover Donovan Barger, and Red Devil cichlid breeder and lover Antonio Martina. Antonio Martina is the winner of the 2016 OCA Cichlid Show with his gorgeous Red Devil, and he'll be here live to chat with Aqua Alex, which is me, about Red Devils and how to keep and breed them. Did you know Antonio has also bred Oscars and has been on Aquatic Wetland a few years back to discuss this? Well, go search his name and Oscar on Google and you'll find it. So besides those three guests, we're going to have news for Aquatic Wetline in 2017, which I'm going to get to in just a second. Then we're going to have my 20-minute question and answer live with Aqua Alex to kickstart the second half of the show. And you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 to ask me a tropical fish-keeping question, and I'll look forward to answering that. And then I'm going to have information on the following species of fish. Blood parrots, Manigwin cichlids, Salvini cichlids, Green Terrors, and Jack Dempsey cichlids, and more. So, let's go ahead and start 2017, shall we? I'm really excited for Aquatic Wetline this year because I've got a lot of stuff coming up that I have never done before, and I want to improve myself and my podcast to you, the fish-keeping listeners. So let's go ahead and get 2017 started right now. Now, before I get to my major announcements, I have two people who I want to give a special shout-out to. The first person is my best friend, Donovan Barger. Now, Donovan went out of his way to get me some North Finn USA fish food and a beautiful LED light for Christmas. Truth be told, I like using my North Finn food because I know that I'm giving my cichlids quality food and they're actually enjoying the North Finn food. And the LED light is looking nice on my brand new freshwater aquarium. So thank you, Donovan, for the wonderful Christmas fish gifts. I really enjoy them. 
And then also, I want to say a special shout-out to Jeffrey Josea Jones because he sent me fish food from a company called YourFishStuff.com. I absolutely love YourFishStuff.com, and I'm definitely going to be a repeat customer of this fish store. It has a lot to offer and at cheap prices. So thank you guys for that. I figured you guys would deserve a well Deserves shout-out to Kickstart 2017. All right. Now, on to the major announcements for Aquatic Wetline in 2017. The first thing that I'm going to talk about is my plans for Aquatic Wetline in 2017. And the first thing I have planned is special guest. Now, I have... Many guests lined up for the first few months of Aquatic Wetline, and I'm proud to announce that I'm going to have a couple of breeders on Aquatic Wetline to talk about breeding various species of uh, tropical fish. That's going to be good. So my aim is to have at least two or three guests a month on Aquatic Wetline, and if a special episode, let's say, for example, a 400th episode or some sort of a special episode happens. There's going to be three guests on that show alone. So potentially we're looking at about six to eight guests a month for Aquatic Wetline. Now, I'm also going to be doing Fish Keepers Interaction, where I'm going to have you, the fish keeping listeners, be a part of this show. I'm going to be doing question and answer shows where you can call in and answer my questions or ask your own questions. And also, I've got something very special and unique coming to the aquatic wetline, which I'm going to talk about right now because I want to take this time to introduce some new shows that are coming to the aquatic wetline. I'm very excited about this one. My friend Jeremy pitched this idea for me, and I loved it as soon as I heard about it, and I figured it's going to be a keeper. One new show debuting in 2017 here on Aquatic Wetline is called Aquarium Throwdown. Now, Aquarium Throwdown is going to be the very first fish-keeping trivia game, or you can call it a fish-keeping competition game. Not only is it going to be that, It's also going to be the very first podcast to do it. Aquatic Wetline historically will be the first podcast to do a trivia game related to the aquarium hobby. So Aquarium Throwdown is going to be a game where I'm going to have contestants. I haven't decided how many contestants I'm going to have on the show, um, but I do know it's going to be once a month, and it's going to end on the 25th, of each month, and I cannot wait to debut this. Now, I can say this. There will be a prize for the winner with the most points. Now, the prize is going to be sponsored by a wonderful tropical fish company. They're going to put together a package, and they're going to have some of their best supplies in it, and it will be shipped to the winner of the uh, trivia game. I'm also going to be sending a prize of my very own. For the very first time, Aquatic Wetline will be offering Aquatic Wetline mugs. And the first and second place winners will get an Aquatic Wetline mug. So that's very exciting. 
That all has to do with the Aquarium Throwdown, the very first fishkeeping trivia podcast. And that's going to debut on March 25th, 2017. So I can't wait to host that, and I can't wait to choose my uh, competitors. If you're interested in being a part of the uh, Aquarium Throwdown show, please email me at aquaticwetline at outlook.com, and the first eight slots are going to be the competitors. So I've decided I'm going to go with eight competitors. So whoever's the first date, that's going to be the first date to debut on March 25th. Now, if you thought that is pretty awesome for Aquatic Wetline this year, I've got more shocking shows coming up. Another new series debuting to Aquatic Wetline in 2017 is a series called Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Hall of Fame. That's right. Legendary fish keepers will take their rightful place in the Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Hall of Fame. People who have done something to impact the aquarium hobby or have invented something awesome for the aquarium hobby will be respected and entered into my Hall of Fame, which basically will be a show, uh, um, what would be the word to describe it, a show showing my respect to these fish keepers and also have someone they know induct them. So, the Fish Keeping Hall of Fame is going to happen four times a year, every single year, and it starts on March 15, 2017. Our very first inductee will be Corridor's breeder Lynn Mathney. Now, Lynn Mathney takes her rightful place as the very first inductee to the Aquatic Wetland Hall of Fame, March 15, 2017. Our second inductee, is a former co-host of Aquatic Wetline, and he's become a man synonymous with crayfish. That is Crayfish King James Jones. He'll take his rightful place on July 15th. Our third inductee is going to be a man who has uh, a very good passion for African cichlids, and he's done a lot with the Aquatic Wetline, and that's going to be Donovan Barger, he will take his place on November 15th into the Hall of Fame. And finally, on December 15th, one of the most beloved fish keepers in the aquarium hobby um, from seeing posts on Facebook, Sam Garcia Jr. of Sam Scales, the wonderful um, tropical fish keeper. Sam takes his place in the 2017 Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame on December 15th. So I'm very excited to introduce all of these people into my new series, Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame, where I'm going to pay honor to all of these fish keepers that uh, paved the way for me to be a fish keeper. So with that being said, now we're going to talk about some of the other shows that are coming up in uh, 2017. I'm going to be doing some controversial aquarium topics. I'm going to continue doing my series that I started in the, in the final month of December, Fish Room Live. I'm going to create another new series called Fish of the Month 
where I'm going to have a freshwater fish of a month and a saltwater fish of a month. That should be very exciting. And I'll share information on those particular fish species. And then I'm also going to be doing um, a fish show to represent the Super Bowl and the World Series. Now what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to pick fish to represent the color of each teams that are in the Super Bowl and the World Series, and I'll talk about the care for those fish as well. I'm doing this simply because I'm a sports fan, and I'd like to mix sports and fish together. Never done it before, so you can only uh, try it and see how it comes out. Fish keepers, they're going to have the opportunity to host your own show here on Aquatic Wetline. If you have a passion for a particular species of fish, like cichlids, catfish, um, arowanas, or saltwater stuff, and you want to talk about these fish, you want to have your own podcast, so to speak, I will give you your very own podcast on a certain day of the week. That way the Aquatic Wetland can go on the air and my audience can get used to a different voice so that I don't have to um, continue talking. And also someone else with more experience can talk about a fish that I may not be that experienced in. So if you're interested in being a, uh, a host here on Aquatic Wetline, please email me at aquaticwetline at outlook.com and we can make that work. Finally, um, the 400th and 450th episode are definitely going to happen in 2017. I think the 400th episode will probably be in late February or early March, and that's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. And we'll talk about that later on in the show. And possibly in uh, 2017, we'll have our 500th, 500! hundredth episode of Aquatic Wetline. I definitely cannot wait for that. Man, oh man, 2017 looks to be an amazing year for Aquatic Wetline. All right, that's the uh, news and announcements. I hope I did not bore you for 18 minutes straight. So now on to the good stuff. We're going to chat tropical fish right now. So here is my fish plans for 2017. I'm going to take excellent care of my freshwater and saltwater aquariums by doing maintenance like I've always done, by checking the parameters like I've always done, and making sure my fish uh, grow and uh, do very well. I'm going to upgrade my freshwater tank and my saltwater aquarium, and I'm planning on getting 125-gallon for my freshwater and a 90-gallon for my saltwater tank. I'm going to keep all of my fish and raise them. Certainly, some fish keepers may have noticed that I got fish, had them for a little while, then traded them or sold them. But it is my goal in 2017 to keep all the fish I have and raise them. The only time I will rehome them is if they don't get along with fish I have or they are really aggressive. And I'm going to share my passion of the fish keeping hobby by doing my shows and my YouTube channel, which is AC Tropical Fish 1993. Here are some species I want to try in 2017. For saltwater, I'd like to try a dwarf zebra lionfish or a Mombasa lionfish. I definitely want a lionfish 
but I want a dwarf one because they stay small, and I can manage um, a dwarf lion. I definitely want a snowflake eel or a zebra eel, and I definitely want to try a firefish because I've always admired them, but I have not kept them yet. As for freshwater, I want to re-enter the firemouth uh, cichlid because I've had them before. I used to breed them back in the day, and uh, I haven't had them in many years. So I'm going to try firemouth once again now that I have aggressive cichlids. I want to get back into fancy pacostomus. I want to try uh, bikers, and I would like to try catfish. I'd love to try um, Cynodontis catfish. I really am uh, fond of uh, the Cynodontis decorous catfish and the Cynodontis eruptus catfish. I also want to try Oxidorus niger and uh, Pimodella pictus cat here in 2017. All right. Now we're on to the good stuff. Are you ready for some fun tropical fish chat between two fun fishkeeping friends? It's time for the very first guest of 2017, right here on Aquatic Wetline. Fish keepers, it's time for the very first guest of 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, the first guest of 2017 and this show is one of my personal friends and someone who the Aquatic Wetline audience know very well. Now, Aqua Alex and Aquatic Wetline proudly welcome Jeremy Selhern as the first guest of 2017 here on Aquatic Wetline. It is my honor and privilege to welcome the very first guest of 2017 to the Aquatic Wetline. This guest is a personal friend of mine and a huge supporter of me and my podcast, Aquatic Wetline. He listens to every one of my shows and also loves chatting tropical fish with me. I could not ask for a better person to be the first guest here on the 2017 premiere episode of Aquatic Wetline. Now, this guest loves his community fish, he loves planted aquariums, and he loves Epistogramma cichlids. Fish keepers, I am proud to welcome Jeremy Stolhorn as the first guest of 2017 here on Aquatic Wetline. Jeremy, Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, sir? Alex, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, so how's your night going? It's going great so far. I'm very happy to be back uh, doing a fish show here in 2017. It seems that 2016 flew by, so hopefully we'll have another great he- year here on uh, Aquatic Wetline. I'm sure you will. Thank you for letting me start it off with a bang. Oh, you're welcome. I'm very honored to have you tonight. Honored to be here. So, so where do you we'll want to start, start tonight? Uh, I guess we'll start off by asking how was 2016 in regards to your fish keeping hobby? 2016 was actually pretty huge. Um, we've come a long way in fish keeping from my 10 gallon to the 100 and 10 gallon um 
I got my background. I got my bio box um, from Aquatic Treasures. I've gotten a new light. I've gotten some plants in. We got all kinds of different fish. So I mean, it's just jump leaps and bounds for 2016. That's awesome. And I know as the year ended, you got some new fish, right? Yeah, yeah. I got a few rams, and I got another um, rainbow. I got a dwarf rainbow. He's a beautiful blue with red fins. It's amazing looking. Awesome. Yeah, he's a very gorgeous fish. So what are your plans yep. for 2017 with the fish hobby? Um, I want to add more plants to my tank for sure, and then um, kind of go from there on that um Probably some more rainbows and apistos in the 110. Um, see how we're going with there and, you know, just kind of go with the flow on it. Kind of enjoy what I got for a while, add some more plants. I kind of want to make it a little more, um, I don't know how you want to say it, but balance with plants and stuff like that. I started off with some big, easy plants, but um, now I'll get some more plants that require a little more work or, you know, that aren't. You know, now that I've studied up a little bit more, um, I got some great plants for taking out, you know, unwanted in the water, but now get some for the looks, too. I have valves and swords and lilies and um, anubias right now go rowing in there, and um, I really love them. They look great, but now kind of add some smaller plants in and some fill-in plants and stuff like that, so, um, you know, kind of have fun with it. That's what the fish hobby is all about, is having a good time and building what you enjoy. Yes, that's very true. So what actually uh, bonds you with planted aquariums? What do you like best about planted aquariums? With planted aquariums? Um, Yes. The the easiness of them is kind of, you know, um, part of the reason why I actually got into the setup that I'm doing. Um, I love the look of a planted aquarium. It's really nice. Um, I don't do anything other than a light so i don't do any carbon i don't have to add the liquids i got a bio box from aquatic treasures which is kind of they have like the filtration system which is used through the plants so you have a box with some dirt where the plants grow you have a little pump that pumps the water through to filter out all the um you know the impurities and then the plants use that to grow and release oxygen. So, you know, your it helps your plants grow. It helps your fish with the cleaning the water and the oxygen. Um, I still do a 30 to 50-gallon water change every week, even though I know it's probably overkill. They said with the planted tank I could do quite a bit less with that, you know, pulling out some of the stuff. But I got a pleca who likes to poop. And I just, you know, I think the water changes are relaxing right now. I'm kind of doing a dealing with a torn rotator cup so I've been it's a little, little less relaxing having to carry all the gallon jugs cuz I can't lift the buckets at the moment. Um python, you know, kind of in the future coming up. But I really enjoy my bio box. I love the way the fish react around the plants. I love the hi- way they hide in them and play in them and you know, it's just it's really cool and then to watch the plants in the water and just kind of, you know, I mean it's just kind of neat. It's kind of like your own little farm in there. It's kind of a fun setup. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's almost like aquaponics in a way. Well, it's definitely like aquaponics, except for, you know, I mean, you're growing in the dirt of the tank. They're in water, and it's really cool. I really enjoy it. Um, There's a lot of fun things that I would like to try in the hobby. Um, You know, you and I both have looked into the bladder ward at one time, because I grow orchids and carnivorous plants. I wouldn't mind trying a bladder wart in an aquarium to see how that does. They come up with some pretty flowers, and it's a neat 
carnivorous plants. I have to do more research and stuff on that before I get into anything like that. But, you know, and there's just so many plants, there's so many fish, there's so many, there's so much, so many ways you can go on, you know. So it's like a hobby that can really, if you wanted to, you could go on forever and ever with it because there's just so much to do and so many changes and so many, you know, ways to go with it. That's true. They say this hobby is forever changing, and I definitely agree with that. We'll have to see where this hobby is 10 years from now. Yep. And that's the great thing about the fish hobby. I said that's the great thing about the fish hobby is you can really go anywhere and do anything in it. You can do native species. You can do, you know, Amazon. You can do African. You can do salt. You can do pretty much whatever you want. There's kind of a region you can set up. It's pretty awesome. You can, you know, kind of go anywhere you want with it. And there's so many different examples and so many types of fish that you can never really keep them all. So you can always, you know, when one thing runs its course, you kind of can move to something else that you enjoy and try something different. There's always that extra little bit you can do. It's kind of neat. That's very true. Now, I know that you love community fish and epistogramas. So what do you like best about community fish and epistogramas? Um, I really, personally, I enjoy the colors. I enjoy the way they interact. Um, the epistos are just absolutely breathtaking. They're really neat. Um, I've had a couple. I got one in there now. Um, trying to think of a scientific name. It's the cockatoo cichlid I have in there now. Um, I want to add some more. Um, just you know, my mine's pretty laid back. He kind of likes to chill and hide out and play in the plants and hide in his cave, and he's got his little spot. Um, I love the rams. They got so much personality, and they got strut. They're kind of, you know, I mean, I guess it's a bad reference, um, but um, they're kind of like the little Crispin Walls of the, um, you know, the old wrestling era, <laughs> not that they're killing their, you know, but I guess that's a bad <laughs> reference, but they're kind of like a little bantam rooster. They strut around and they want to be the boss. They got that attitude. They got the strut. They got, you know, the color showing, you know. So they're they're really cool in that way. I like the personality of them. The rainbows are, you know, kind of chill. They're flashy. They're pretty. They kind of hang out. Um, you know, we got some neat-looking tetras, the different colors of the tetras and kind of how they hang out with the family, you know. I had live bearers for a long time. The live bearers, some of them are colorful, and it was neat to be able to, you know, raised the fry up. I probably had like 10 generations of mollies at one time before we ended up taking, you know, just getting to the point where we couldn't keep rehoming all the babies. So then we got, you know, some of the grommies, which are really cool. They're, you know, fairly big fish. They, you know, are pretty in the water and they're kind of neat to watch. They got a little bit of the attitude, but they kind of stay off and kind of just strut their stuff off in the corner sometimes. You know, and I got that big angelfish. He's kind of the king of my tank, so he's a lot of fun to watch. He's really colorful, pretty. He's kind of like a big puppy. Anywhere you're at, he has to be where you can see him. And if I'm recording a podcast or, you know, doing my bills or whatever, he's always right there. If I'm sitting in my chair watching TV, he comes over to the side and watches me there. You know, so he's kind of that aquatic puppy, if you would say. You know, very, very nice. mesh. There's so many, you know, I mean, there's so many, so many things you can do and so many fish that you can go through and do different things on them. But I really like the community tank because you can mix and match a little bit better than you can with some of the others. You can try different fish. Um, 
I'm more of a beginner than a lot of the guys you have come on. We started off several years back, but I never really got big, big into the hobby. You know, we had an E10, but I never got big, big into the hobby until we got the 110. I like the stuff. I like reading about it. I like hearing about it. You know, and then I got the opportunity to get the 110 and the bio box and the plants and do all the stuff. So this is kind of my jumping in period. So, you know, I don't have a lot of room for it. The bio box is great because it kind of, you know, helps take care of some of the stuff that even if I, you know, get a little behind or if I can't change the entire 20 to 50 gallons, you know, it helps keep it clean. It helps keep it nice. It helps keep it pretty. Um you know, so that's kind of helped, but, you know, with my lifestyle, I can't have like 50 tanks at the moment, so it's kind of nice. You can fit a nice array of peaceful fish in there. They're colorful, they're beautiful, they're big, and you can kind of watch them grow and see who they are and kind of their pecking order and, you know, just kind of check them out, you know. It's kind of relaxing. That's very true. Now I have a solution for your life uh, life error problem. In case you ever had extra life errors again, Give it to people that have monster fish. Don't enjoy the lives of yours. <laughs> <laughs> My libraries that we don't have that problem anymore are the Grammys, uh, uh, Bolivian Ram, and the Angelfish took care of all of those. At one time, I was having 100 babies at a time. But, you know, by the time you catch them and do whatever, now we just kind of, everything that was in the tank is kind of, Hangs out there, and they have their chance. They can hide in the plants. If they make it, great. If they don't make it, nature is in there. So they have every opportunity to survive if they would like to. So it's kind of in nature's hands. That's true. So I know but, you are a huge yeah. fan of the of the bio box. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to go ahead. All right, so I was saying I know you're a huge fan of the the bio box. Can you explain to our listeners what a bio box is and what you like about it? A bio box is a filtration system that takes over for, like, your hang-on-the-backs, your um, canister filters, stuff like that. Um, It's really cool in the fact that um, it has dirt in it. It has the filtration, you know, you have those small pumps that has, um, some uh, what do you want to call that stuff? It's got kind of like a filtered lining in it that goes between the dirt and the plants, and then it pulls the you know it pulls the stuff through the pumps, and it builds up you know brings in the nutrients that you need for your plants. Your plants use nutrients to make um, them grow, so it makes your planted tanks super easy, and it makes um your plants look great. And then it also, you know, releases oxygen. So not only that, but it helps keep the water cleaner. It works like a lake or a river system where, you know, how the plants absorb the stuff. And, you know, you still have the filtration. There's the pumps in there that run it. You have that. I have a great big pump in the back of my background. And then I have two smaller pumps on, or three smaller pumps on the bottom with the bio box that pulls the water through too. So you get your filtration that way. The light, run, you know, the light's on. I have the 24-7 planet light from Finex, which, you know, kind of runs as daylight cycle. So it basically is a really natural system for the fish to be in that, you know, you can have plants with. Some of the, your Central American and um, so South American um, 
cichlids and your Africans, you might not be able to put that in because they'll tear the plants and stuff up. But if you can have a planted tank, it's really great setup. You got the plants that are good for the fish. You got, um, you know, you put some snails in there to help break some, down some of the stuff. Um, I have the neurolite snails. Um, I have a couple of snails that kind of came in on plants that have been nibbling on some of my plants. But, um, you know, it's it's a really great setup. I really enjoy it. I think it looks great with the plants. I'd like to get a few more plants in mine. And, you know, I've been watching YouTube and learning and talking to my local fish store, aquatic treasures on some ideas to make it really pop. Um, I have that 3d riverbed background, which looks really great in there, I think. And, you know, like it gives little areas to hide for the small fish, like the Episto and the Rams and, some of the fish like that, the smaller grommies, they can hide up into the little, you know, where the wood is and different stuff like that or the 3D part of the um, background. So that's really nice. Um, I really like the setup. It made it a lot easier. It's the easiest way of a planted tank that I've dealt with so far. Um, you know, I mean, and it looks great. It's fun, you know, and you don't have to keep changing the carbon, keep changing the whatever you do some gravel back and make it look decent, you know, but you don't have to gravel back, you know, but it pulls a lot of the stuff through, you know, like I said, I have the Pleco, so I have to gravel back a little bit more, but um, do some gravel back and do your water changes. And that's pretty much what you got. And, you know, I mean, it's been great for my fish, great for my plants, great for my hobby. And, you know, it's kind of the perfect setup It's it's natural for them. There's like, they're living in their own little, River system. That sounds excellent. So it sounds like it has a lot of benefits for the fish keepers. It does. And there's um, so many neat setups. Like you can get ones that um, have waterfalls built into it. And then it's the water that brings it up and then it trickles it down. So you have some above water and underwater plants. Like a lot of people do that with their discus. It's basically aquatic terrarium, which they do that with their discus or their neons or what their tetras or whatever pretty fish rainbows you know they get the peaceful fish like that and then they can really grow some beautiful um decorative plants and you know it saves on medicines it saves on you know additives to your water and different stuff like that i always use chlorinator because i live in town but that's really the only chemicals i have to add i don't have to add any fertilizers for the plants or nothing and i don't have to have co2 i have easier plants in mine at the moment but um, you know, CO2 will help them grow some, but it's not required in the setup that I have. Ah, uh, very nice. So where can our listeners get a bio box? Can they be shipped across the United States? Um, if the guys go onto Facebook or go on the Internet, yes, they can be shipped across the United States. It's Aquatic Treasures and Restore. Um, look that up and Collinsville, Illinois, and um, you it's definitely, you can grab that um, and go on there and find it. I'll send Alex a link to there so he can post it on the show notes so anybody who wants to check out their page can check them out and ask questions. They do amazing salt water. They do fish tanks, um, and they have so many cool ideas to save you money, save you time, and save you effort. Um, Damon is the owner of the place. Nick is... Uh, with him too and those guys just they know so much and they love fish you know damon was with SeaWorld at one time as worked there and he just has a true passion for the fish and making sure that their hobby and the fish are taken care of and 
You know, he just wants to fool us for you. He wants to save you money so that you have more money to come in and spend on fish and stuff like that and save you time because most people leave the hobby because they don't have time to do this or it's hard to do that. So they come up with some amazing, you know, setups that require less work or, you know, that, you know, there is some maintenance to every tank unless you pay to have it maintained. But to really cut down the work and cut down, you know, the different things like that. He always is finding great ideas to help save you time and money so you have more time to enjoy your fish and your, um, you know, to relax with the hobby or to do what you want to do and be able to enjoy a beautiful tank at the same time. That's awesome. So, listeners, check out Aquatic Treasures to pick up your very own bio box. Now, my next question for you, I'd like to know your exact thoughts on it. What are your thoughts about some of the Facebook fish groups out there? <laughs> um, I do like some of them. Um, I've kind of been I don't I've been taken out of some of them. Um, I mean I'm usually pretty cordial on there, um, but you know, I mean you get some people who don't like other people and stuff like that so I've been booted because I've been friends with somebody and I've stood up for somebody I don't always believe that there's just one set way to do it I don't believe in picking on beginners even if they got fish that don't match to the aquarium and they don't have whatever I believe in opening a dialogue and talking with somebody and explaining and showing feel like I don't believe in coming on and being like hey you idiot you know that fish belongs in a group of five and a 55-gallon tank, and you only have it in a 10, and you don't know nothing, and you're stupid. You know, I don't think that works in the fish hobby. I hate to see these beginners just give up, give their fish away, and leave because they just got, you know, rammed to death on the Facebook page because they were excited to show off their new fish and try to make new fish friends. That's not how I roll, but um, there's a lot of great ones. Um, There's the Christian um, Aquarium, what is it, a Christian Aquarium Hobbyist yes. that we're part of, Alex? Yes, Christian Aquarium Hobbyist. Yes, that one is an amazing page. Um, David Morton's a good guy. I, I like David. He's always been, They've always been good to me on there. Um, I'm on like 70 of them, but I guess we'll go through <laughs> a couple that I really like. Um and they and um Donovan's is fish freshwater fish maniacs, correct? Yes. I like that one. Um Little Egypt is the one that I run. It's a very small one, but I enjoy that one and the people that we have on. Um I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank. I really enjoy the Grammys and a lot of the Epistogramma sites. Um, the Episto guys are really nice. There's some great guys on there, but Episto guys are like diehard and militant about how they keep their fish and how they do their fish. So um, pick your page accordingly. <laughs> um <laughs> But there's there's a lot of great ones out there. I like a lot of them. Like I said, I've gotten help off of some of them. I've gotten shoot out off of some of them. And I've gotten dropped because I'm friends with certain people on some of them. So, you know, I mean, whatever it is, it is. Um, 
like I said, I'm always trying to be nice. I, I believe that, you know, that everybody was a beginner and we've all learned through different ways. So, um, that's how I like to deal with it is I try to help people knowing that I was a beginner and, you know, in some ways I still am a beginner. I have a lot to learn in the hobby. I'm into it. I love it. I read a lot. I check a lot. I do a lot, but you know, there's always something more to learn. Nobody knows everything about it. You know, somebody might be able to teach just Kassan's a few things if, you know, and he's one of the greatest in the hobby. So, you know, it kind of goes that way is everybody has something that they can put in. And if you're patient and you're kind and you go in there and ask questions, there are good people and a lot of them that will help you out. Just kind of enter, <laughs> enter and see what you got. Um, you know, there's nothing more heartbreaking than watching somebody, you know, get a few fish and they're excited. It's a, they get the 10 gallon at Walmart. They don't cycle it, but they get all excited and they bring it and then they post it you know, about how great their fish are, you know, they have some awesome mollies, which was the way I started it, you know, and then just, uh, you know, people, some people are excited and explain things to them and other people point out everything they did wrong and, you know, 10 chapters on the page and why they're stupid and they shouldn't be keeping fish, you know, and that's not how you want people to, you know, that's not how you get people excited into this hobby that you love. So, you know, in my personal opinion, I would rather be there and, set up and be on pages and be active in pages where people are kind. And then, you know, they help these people build and you can watch as they go from the 10 to 110 and try different things. And then they move into, you know, discus or angels or salt or whatever they want to go into. And they start doing it the right way, you know, be kind and help each other in the hobby is kind of where I try and put myself at in the group. I agree a hundred percent with you on on that. I think the people that attack the beginners should not call themselves fish keepers, in my opinion. I just don't like the holier than thou because they started, and yeah, they might know a lot, or you know, who knows? They might even just have paid money for a tank, and some guy comes in and takes care of it, and then they just want to, you know. I'm the greatest fish keeper ever because I have a couple of bucks to throw at some, you know, professional maintenance <laughs> guy cleaning my tank. So I don't know. I think yeah, there's a lot of ho-hum in all of it. I just, yeah, you got a point there. I just got my, – my thoughts on it are as um, have what you get, – get what you can afford. Get the biggest tank you can afford. Enjoy the biggest – enjoy the fish that you can keep in the aquarium that you can afford. With a setup you can't afford, and then save your money to set up the biggest tank. If you can afford some neon tetras and a 10-gallon and whatever, start off that way. Learn how to take care of those fish and learn how to do it, and then get into the more exciting, you know, the fish that you decide are the next most exciting, you know. When I started, there was no way I ever thought I'd get into keeping anything else but live bears. They were easy, they were fun, and, you know, Whatever, you know, first I thought that I could maybe even make a little bit of money as a breeder because they were always breeding. <laughs> then you realize that you can't give away 100 fish a month. So, you know, but it's fun, That's you know, true. growing that, you know. We thought it was the coolest thing ever just when our, we kept four or five of the little babies alive. And, you know, when one of our snails got to be the size of, you know, a great big marshmallow or something. That was the greatest thing ever, watching them grow and 
you know, even in the beginning, just the small things make it exciting and be excited for new fish keepers who are in that situation. Remember back to when you did it, be kind to the ones who are starting out. I agree with you on that. Now, my final question for you is, is there a chance that you would be interested in hosting a fish show with me here in Aquatic Wetland or your own show? Um, I do believe that we will be getting together and doing some work together. I know we've talked about a few things. We're kind of excited to maybe put something together and see how it goes. Um, on my show, I love doing my show. I do a small local show, Blossom City Radio. Um, I plan on doing some hobby stuff. Um, I have a couple shows that I'm working on at the moment. And then I think that, you know, me and you will have a blast on. I do more hobby. I'm not an expert fish keeper by any means. But I do enjoy the hobby, and I've learned some stuff as I went. But I would love to interview some of the people, you know, who have some of these businesses and great ideas and bring that for people to know, people to find so it's easier to find than, you know, searching the whole Internet, finding, you know, the exciting things you know, which are, some of them are pushed back and far behind, like the bio box. It's not real well known for being as fun of an exciting product as it is, you know. So I kind of like the idea of that, or talking to some of the long-term fish keepers, the guys who found some of these fish in the wild. So, um, I live in the St. Louis area. We have an amazing fish club here. There's just so many knowledgeable, cool guys, you know. Um, and there's so much to learn. There's so much to, you know, there's so many parts of the fish hobby that you don't always think of when you're going to the fish store and saying, I want that one, that one, that one, and that one. Let me Google it real quick. So, you know, I mean, there's so much cool stuff, and there's fish hobbies around so many cool things. So, yeah, I have some ideas that I want to try, and I think me and you would have fun with it. Um, I don't I, – I want to find something more – me personally in the fish shows, I like some, you know, there's a time and a place for the ones that just give you information on the fish and stuff like that, like, you know, care, keeping tips and what size tank and stuff like that. But I also like to dig in deeper and get some of that, you know, knowledge that you're not going to find on a quick Google search. So, you know, I kind of like to get in deeper on some of the stuff and find some really neat, exciting stuff out about some of the fish. So, yeah, I'm really excited about doing a few shows, and I'm planning on doing some hobby shows with the orchids and carnivorous plants, which I keep, and stuff like that. Just fun stuff. Um, I'm not going to set up a whole series where I do weekly because sometimes, you know, it's hard to get a show in every week or whatnot. But, yeah, I plan on doing some stuff, lined up fun stuff, and, you know, just kind of getting to know a little bit more and, you know, getting to know the people, the faces, and the items that are in the hobby that, may not be as mainstream as the YouTube guys or, you know, the big fish stores online or whatnot. You know, kind of go into the back alleys and see what we chase out. You know what I mean, Alex? Yep, that sounds very good. sounds like a very fun show idea, by the way. I think it will be. I think we'll have a great time working on it. I think that um, it brings to light some of the people that don't so much get called called on all the time. You know, they're a smaller business or – they don't have the financial backing to be, you know, all over the place. You know, great fish keepers have found them and found their way through, you know. And then there's just so many people who know so much. 
that you can't get off of a care sheet pack or a Google search. You know, so it's nice to bring those people in. And no, not everybody has to agree on everything, you know, about the fish keeping hobby, but it's awesome to find a different perspective and hear different thoughts and just maybe find a better, simpler, or smarter way to keep your fish. Very true. I agree with you on that. So those are the kind of things that I'm looking forward to. Um, I love bringing new music. I have a small music show, Boston City Radio Music Hour. Um, as you know, I like finding some of the bands that aren't as well-known and getting their music out there and enjoying it with them and enjoying watching their success. A lot of these guys are starting to come up. You know, I've played them. I've, a few of them have gotten signed. Um, they're up for awards like, you know, Hollywood or Los Angeles, you know, music festival awards and different stuff like that, you know, and different stuff. It's it's just really neat watching some of that stuff happen. I really like that part of the podcasting and of any of the hobbies, the fish hobbies, you know, watching some of these guys start their breedings and where they're coming out to and just all of that. It's kind of, it's just kind of neat to watch it grow and be part of that phase, you know, in there and finding all these fun things out and being like, Hey, you know, those are the kind of things that I enjoy. I kind of, you know, like I said, I like watching my fish grow out. I like watching the people in the hobby grow with me and just, you know, just even with everything, it's kind of, you know, I like being part of that. I like the culture of it all. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being the first guest of 2017. It was a great interview. Thank you for having me, Alex. Thank you for letting me get on here and tell you about the fun, the bio box and stuff, and I look forward to working with you in the future. I do, too. I'll have you on any time. I love chatting fish for you. And the same here. It's kind of a daily event, so it's just kind of – Put it on in the evening or putting it on on the air. So it's either messenger or on the air. It all kind of happens anyways, don't it? <laughs> Sounds good. You have a good night now. Thank you for coming on. All right. Later, Alex. Have a great day. You too. Bye, bud. What a fun time. I always enjoy chatting with Jeremy. He is an outstanding man. So that was our first guest, and then we have two more guests to come here on Aquatic Wetlines 2017 premiere. I realized that we've already run into our first tower pretty much, so I don't know how much time I'm going to take for the other two guests and everything planned for the show. So if it comes to 11 o'clock and the show cuts off and I'm still talking, that's okay. Um, all you've got to do is uh, re-click the link after the show archives and fast-forward the 11 o'clock mark, and you'll be able to hear the rest of the show. But I think I should have time to do everything um, for today's show, but just in case, that's the plan. All right, so right now I'd like to go ahead and start giving out information on some of my personal favorite cichlids. I'm going to start with a cichlid that before I really didn't like. And that's because I haven't kept them. And I recently uh, got a trio of these cichlids. And uh, I'm really, really enjoying these cichlids um, because they're a unique fish. But they're also a controversial fish in the hobby because not, not everybody is going to support this fish because it's not a natural fish. So the cichlid I'm talking about is blood parent cichlids. They are a hybrid between a red devil 
and a severum. Other cichlids may have been involved in creating a blood parrot, but from what I've learned, the top two are the red devil and the severum. These are man-made fish. They are not natural, and they do not occur in the wild. So that could be a good thing, actually, if you think about it, because we're not taking a fish out of its natural environment to have in an aquarium, and it's not going to um, diminish the livestock in the the, uh, natural environment. So I think it's a good thing that some fish are man-made, for example, the uh, blood parrots. Now, the blood parrots have lips that are different than most fish. So while they are a cichlid and they can be aggressive and territorial, they're not going to be able to to bite at uh, other fish. They're not going to be able to bite at other fish like a red devil or a dovi or another aggressive cichlid would do. So that's a good thing. Now, here is why I like blood parrots. I like them because of their unique shape, and they, ha- they are a unique fish with a good personality. I also like blood parrots, like I said earlier, because we're preserving the wilds by keeping the wild fish wild and a captive fish captive. Blood parrots also have um, gorgeous coloration, and I think they can range the coloration from dark orange to light orange. Now, here's where it gets controversial. There are some dyed blood parrots that are injected with a dye. You'll see purple blood parrots, uh, blue parrots, um, green parrots. I don't support that because I think it's just too too cruel for the fish. I like the natural parrots, ones that uh, come, the, the ones that are natural or normal, the normal ones that are um, bred between the red devil and the severum. Um, and I think that's the, the best parrot. But that's just my personal opinion. Now, another reason I like the blood parrot is because they're a mixture of two of my favorite cichlids, the red devil and the severum. And also, the uh, parrot cichlid is a semi-aggressive cichlid. It has the peaceful, docile side of a severum and the aggressive side from a red devil, although the blood parrot is not overly aggressive like an amphilophus red devil would be. Now, keeping and caring for blood parrots is simple. Blood parrots are a beginner's fish. Uh, You're going to need a 30-gallon aquarium or larger because the blood parrots will grow to be about 8 to 9 inches in length. So they are a pretty big fish. You're going to want your water conditions to be anywhere from 6.8 to 8.2 and uh, feeding your fish to diet. You're going to want to feed the best quality foods that you can. Uh, make sure you're feeding them soft foods because they do have different lips than most fish. However, they can eat regular foods too. Just make sure it's chopped up into small enough pieces for them to fit into their mouth. You can feed them foods like North Finn USA pellets, uh, Hakari pellets. Um, you can do your fish stuff, pellets. Basically, any pellets that has quality ingredients in it will work. You can also do uh, flake foods, although I would not recommend doing flake foods for an adult fish. Um, And you can also do market shrimp and earthworms as like a natural uh, food for these fish. We know they're not from nature, but I feed my uh, market shrimp and I've noticed that the color has darkened, which is pretty cool. 
Now, take mates for these fish can be anywhere from tetras and larger barbs to garamis in a semi-aggressive community tank to oscars and severums and manicuent cichlids and aggressive cichlids in an aggressive tank. And oftentimes, these will do well in an African cichlid aquarium. So you can't keep them with uh, African cichlids as well. Now, special care requirements for these cichlids, the blood parrots. Like I said, it's important to choose tank mates wisely because if you put this in there with a dovi or a really, really aggressive cichlid like an umbi uh, or a trimac or a flower horn, then you can kiss your blood parrot goodbye because it'll try to attack that cichlid, that, that cichlid's going to get revenge and murder it. So make sure you treat your tank mates wisely. And I said that you can keep these at Manigrench. Some Manigrenches are different. They have their own personality. You may find uh, an aggressive Manigrench that will not tolerate a blood parrot, or you might get one that's more uh, docile. And as it matures, it may become aggressive. So you do have to keep that in mind as well. But don't put these with fish that can cause damage. And you want to feed Hikari parrot food. Now, I know Hikari makes uh, food designed for blood parrots. It's called Hikari Parrot Cichlid Food. Feed that to your parrot cichlids because it will keep their colors intense and it will give them intense coloration because as the older a parrot cichlid gets, the color will start to fade. And that is information on the blood parrot cichlid. The next cichlid we're going to talk about is the jaguar cichlid. It is a relative of the ever-so-mean beast dovi cichlid. It grows a little smaller than the dovis, as males usually reach 18 to 20 inches, and females around 12 to 14. They're more commonly available than dovi, and they have nice patterns. Now, I like jaguar cichlids or manigrant cichlids because they're one of the first fish in the aquarium hobbies that I got to raise into adulthood. I've always wanted a dovi, but I couldn't have one because I wanted to keep tank mates, and you, can really ha you can't really have any tank mates with a dovi, so the jaguar cichlid fit the bill for me. Now, the jaguar cichlid has gorgeous colorations as they mature. Now, like I said, they can get pretty large, 18 to 20 inches, so you're definitely going to want a large tank. I'd say 90-gallon minimum, and larger the better. Um, you're going to need to feed them a good diet. Like I said, any good pillow food, um, market shrimp, krill, and earthworms, and good quality foods would be accepted by your Manigwensen. And for tank mates for uh, these fish, they are somewhat aggressive, and it's going to vary between individual fish and individual fish. So you're going to want to choose your tank mates carefully. I'd say other large cichlids like Jack Dempsey's, Red Devils, uh, um, Motogwen cichlids, and things like that are uh, going to be okay. Larger, fast-moving fish are going to have to escape the jaguar cichlids aggression. So hopefully I have informed you about parrot cichlids and jaguar cichlids. I'm only going to talk about green terrors on today's show and Salvini cichlids on today's show because of time. I'll do a Jack Dempsey cichlid show 
this week because I want to get everything into today's show. All right, it's time for our second guest here of 2017. And after this second guest, we're going to go into the second half of this show. And now, it's time for our second guest on the 2017 premiere of Aquatic Wetline. This guest is someone who has been on Aquatic Wetline numerous times and has formed a bond with the Aquatic Wetline audience. He loves coming on here and it always is fun to have him on. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Donovan Barger. I am excited and honored to have African cichlid lover Donovan Barger on the show. Donovan is a wonderful friend of mine and an awesome cichlid fish keeper. When I started thinking about having guests for the 2017 premiere of the Aquatic Wetline, Donovan was on the list of guests to be on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, tropical fish keepers, please welcome my best friend, Donovan Barger, to the show. Donovan, how are you, sir? I'm doing, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Alex? Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty good. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here on the show. Yes, sir. I, lo- I love being on your show. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you, too. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I had a fantastic Christmas. That's awesome. I did, too, man. I had an awesome family over and got some uh, extra money to get some fish, and uh, they're actually coming in today. Oh, awesome. What kind of fish did you get? Uh, Lake Tanganyika fish. They are jumbo. They're cypochromous jumbo cucumbas. Ah, very nice. They sound like pretty cool fish. Yeah, I'll have to send you a photo later this evening of them. Awesome. Well, before I start the interview today, I would like to personally thank you with my voice because I haven't had the chance yet. I want to thank you for the Christmas gifts because it meant the world to me that not only are you one of my best friends, but also they cared so much about me. I was touched because no one ever did that for me before this Christmas. So thank you very much for the uh, North Finn fish food. My fish are enjoying it and the gorgeous LED light. Oh, you're very welcome, man. Me and the wife, we wanted to do something for you, and that was just, we figured that was something that we could actually get you that you would enjoy. The light, I got you because I I have the light, and I enjoy the light, and it's super bright, and I don't have a problem with my whole 150-gallon being lit up by it. So I figured your 55 salt was going to be good, but then, I, then you got the 75-gallon uh, fresh water, so... That's even better, man, because now you have lights for both aquariums. That is true. You're 100% right about that. I'm I'm loving the light and uh, absolutely loving the fish food. My Oscars and my cichlids love the Northman. That's awesome. I'm really glad that they enjoyed the Northman. I, I know that you got uh, the new freshwater stuff going on, and uh, I, I had to I had to send you some regular cichlid food. <laughs> I was like, I gotta send that over there too. So. I appreciate it because it's a really good pellet. I'm definitely going to be buying more of it. Yeah, and, and you know, the, I'm not I'm not a uh, North Bend sales rep or anything, but 
just speaking for Jay, you know, he, he's going to where now that he did the free shipping in December to help another guy out. And now he's going to do uh, no more than $5 shipping. So that kind of works out in everybody's favor. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. That's a, a good thing that he that he did. Did you guys enjoy rupee pies that I sent you? Oh, my gosh. Dude, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> they were that good. <laughs> That's great to hear. Yeah, we appreciate that. That was that was amazing. We, I really liked the uh, chocolate with the chocolate. They were really good. I figured you would like those ones. Yeah, they were awesome. So let's let's go ahead and uh, start our first fit chat of 2017. I can't believe we're already in a new year. But so how was uh, 2016 for you in the aquarium hobby? Well. Well, to start off with, uh, it was kind of rough because we were trying to do some things, and I sold a bunch of stuff. And anyway, it was just it was, it was not the best situation. But throughout the year, it got a little bit better. Um, I'll have to say that I think this year is going to be a really good year compared to last year because last year I didn't have many fish, didn't want to have a lot of stuff happening. And at the end of 2016, my Madoka White Lips finally started baiting. So I have a 55-gallon full of fry from the Madoka White Lips. And I also right now have an egg tumbler full of eggs. So it's kind of given me something to look forward to. And then once I found out that Petco was having the 75-gallon, uh, what is it, a dollar-gallon sale, I couldn't pass it up because I, I was wanting a specific fish, which is the one I just told you about that I'm getting today. And I was really wanting to uh, try something out for this year. So that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at with the hobby at the moment. Awesome. So what fish are you currently keeping now? Right now I've got Madoka White Lips, and that is a Hapiformis from Lake Malawi. And then I also have a Lake Victoria fish in there, which is called the Yellow Belly Albert, that I'm keeping in the 150 as well. And a Taiwan Reef, which Taiwan Reef, it's pretty much the rainbow. It has every color in the book on it, and they're just babies. I, I have this, I have a really big problem with wanting to get fry to grow them out because that was just one of my favorite things to do. And then in my 75-gallon, I've got some redfin compressed steps. Look like calvis. I, I know you and I have talked about calvis before, but that's what they look like. And then I have some shell dwellers in here as well, which one of them is similes. And I can't think of the other one's name, but it's if you want to think about a small frontosa with no stripes, just white with a hump on its head, that's what they look like. Oh, that sounds like a pretty cool looking fish. Yeah, he's pretty neat. I, I enjoy them, they're, they're different. So, you have all Africans now, or do you have other stuff too? Actually, I don't have anything else but Africans right now. That's cool. Africans are, are interesting fish. I like a lot of Africans, like the Blood Red, I think they're called. I forget the name of them. I think it's Blood Red. And the Electric Blues, the, I like. The Dragon's Blood Peacocks? Yeah, the the Blood Dragon Peacock is what I like. Yeah. Those are pretty cool. They're just mean little buttheads. I, I know. But I guess for a name like a dragon, it has to be me. <laughs> yeah, no joke. 
I like the Blue Dolphins, too. Those are a Georgia African cichlid. You know, I had a group of those two years ago, and I sold the whole group because a guy offered me a – I couldn't pass it up. And I, I still to this day regret selling that group of dolphins. Yeah, the ones you had were absolutely show-stopping. They were gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time with those guys with, uh, you know, specifying their diet and stuff of that sort. And I think uh, with what I was feeding them really helped out with their, uh, I guess you could say, appearance and color and things of that sort. Because I would never feed anything that was, uh, I guess you could say, color enhancing. I would just feed them all natural food, and they seem to do just fine on that. That's good. I remember you had a beautiful school of frontosas. They were absolutely show-stopping, too. Yeah, I ended up, uh, my boss came over and picked those up. He wanted those, so. I sold them three of them and gave them the fourth one for free just for taking them. So. Nice. So will you ever have front toilets again in the future? Yes, actually, Alex, I will. I'm actually thinking about ordering some uh, red front stuff. Oh, nice. I would say that uh, front toilets are my favorite Africans. Yes. I, I'll be honest with you, those are some sweet, sweet fish. There is a frontosa that's called a black widow frontosa. And I, I really want some of those, but then again, I, I'm not sure where they come from or if they're man-made or what the situation is. But they're really neat, but I want to find that out before I get them. I don't want to get a fish that's totally man-made per se. I, I, I really like getting all natural fish. But the red frontosa... From my understanding, that fish right there is a regular, right out of the wild kind of fish. You can get them right out of the lake. So that, that I have a really bad problem with not wanting to get hybrids anymore. I totally understand that. I I, I could see where you're uh, coming from, but currently, <laughs> currently I have uh, blood parrot secrets, so I can't speak much. <laughs> You know, those are really neat fish, though. I mean, you can't stop them from being made. I mean, it's just like the Black Widow front of it. You can't stop them from being made. It's just it's just a preference. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Very well said. So uh, what species of fish would you like to, like to try in 2017? All right. Well, first thing is a red front of it. That's something I really want to try out. And then... I, w- I would love to get a nano saltwater aquarium, but at this moment in time, it's not feasible. So that'll probably be next, at the end of this year, the beginning of next year is when I'm going to do that. So I'm hoping anyway, and i got to talk my wife into it. So That's cool. I think you're going to like saltwater when you can actually afford it and, uh, sit back and enjoy it. It's actually a pretty cool hobby in the fish hobby, but freshwater is just as exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I have, like, like the fish that are coming in the, or in the, into the airport today, actually, those fish, whenever they mate, I don't know if you've ever seen the mating ritual with an African cichlid before, but they mate, on like, towards the bottom on a rock or something like that. And these fish that are coming in the mail, they'll, they'll mate in mid-tank. 
and the, the female will drop her eggs, and she'll run, run up and grab an egg each time while the male and her are still mating in midwater, which is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I watched a YouTube video on it on the other day. If you get a chance, Alex, check out Cipochromus mating ritual, and you can you can watch it happen. It's really neat, and uh, I, I think that's going to be something that I'm really going to enjoy here in 2017. I hope that they grow up fast enough that in 17 that they start mating. That's awesome. If you send me the YouTube link, I'll I'll watch it and also put it in the description of today's episode so that our listeners can see it as well. Okay, that sounds great. I know that what, what uh, most Africans stick uh, with. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said, what, I was going to say, your, uh, I know that. Uh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, I was going to say that uh, most African cichlids are mouse breeders, right? Yes, yes. Um, 90% of them are. Until you get to Lake Tanganyika, then you have your shell dwellers, which do not hold in their mouth. They actually lay in the shell. And your, like, calvus and your comps, they will lay in shells or inside rocks. And then you have, like, your juliochromus, which is your, like, rock dwellers. They will actually put up a, like, they're like South American fish where they lay eggs on rocks and stuff like that, you know, but they're actually inside of a rock. Oh, that's awesome. You can ask your question now. Sorry for interrupting you so much. <laughs> oh, you're good, man. You're good. It, it, it's all good. Um, no, I was going to ask you, what was your favorite part of 2016? Uh, I think one of my favorite parts of 2016 was getting my dog face puffer. Uh, he's actually one of my personal favorite fish. He's, uh, I think he's going to be the mascot of aquatic wetland because he has such a great personality. And, uh, of course, getting back into freshwater was such a big thing for me um, because I got to renew a passion that I haven't had in a year and a half or so, and I uh, got to get back into some of the fish that I started the aquarium hobby with, with the Red Devil and the Jaguar and the Green Terror. So it's very exciting. I have a long road ahead. I'm actually planning on upgrading to another bigger tank for these guys. So I think 2016 was pretty good for me, plus I had uh, a lot of great episodes of Aquatic Wetline. Yes, yeah, so you did, Alex. You had some awesome, awesome episodes of Aquatic Wetline. 2016, and uh, I enjoyed the heck out of them. You know, at first, uh, I wasn't really into the saltwater, you know, episodes, but then once I actually started following along with you, I really started enjoying them. And then come to find out, you ended up getting some some freshwater fish, and man, was I happy, because I knew you were going to come back with some freshwater episodes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's going to be plenty of uh, freshwater shows now, too, and and saltwater, so I think 2017 is going to be an awesome year for the aquatic wetline. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it's going to be a great year. And uh, who who is the I, – I, I can't remember his name, but who's the guy that sent you the your fish food stuff? Oh, his name is uh, Jeffrey Josea Jones. He is a spectacular dude. I really like that guy. He's really neat. Yeah, he's a fantastic guy. He also has a, a YouTube channel, too. He's starting to do fish videos, and he has some gorgeous fish. 
What, what is he keeping? Do you know? Uh, I know that he has uh, some Mina Gwent's. Um, he has, uh, I think he has, yeah, he has Frontosia and and some other cichlids. I don't know off the top of my head, but I do know that he's raising Frontosia that are beautiful. That is amazing. That's awesome. I just I just know uh, you you threw up his YouTube channel one time, and I went to check it out, and it was, it was, it was pretty respectable. <laughs> yeah, he's a great man. He's got some great fish, and he... He takes good care of him. I respect what he does. Yeah, he had. Some, I was. I was enjoying that channel. That was pretty cool. But so, what, what are your uh, huge plans for 2017, man? Well, one of them is to get a larger tank for the freshwater fish because they're definitely going to need a bigger tank than I have now. So possibly a a 125. And then I'd like to set up a, a smaller saltwater tank to to have a pair of uh, clownfish, and I'll try my hands at at coral. And uh, basically, I'm going to experiment experiment with different fish and see uh, which ones I can keep. I'd like to try some fish I never had before, so I'm probably going to set up an African cichlid tank and uh, see how that goes and things like that. So we'll see what uh, 2017 brings. I'm usually a guy of um, spur of the moment things, so you never know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, that's what I like about you, man. You're like nonstop, always something new. Here's the thing: you've been promising me an African cichlid tank. I hope 2017 is the year. I know I've been saying it for many years, so uh, hopefully I'll I'll do it for you this year. <laughs> <laughs> what What would you keep in that? What would you keep in it? I know definitely the Frontosia will be going in there, uh, and probably some blue dolphins and Cynodonus catfish. I love those catfish. And you know that would actually be a great combination with your dolphins and your Frontosa, because they're pretty they're pretty chill with each other. I, you saw that in my two hundred gallon that they they did just fine together. And then the Cynodonus catfish, oh dude, I love them. I have, I've got I've probably got about. 15 of them, you know, split between each tank. I personally think they're the best catfish out there. I like them over any of the uh, South American cats, but there are some nice South American cats, too. Oh, yeah. I actually have a, uh, what do you call those, sunspot catfish, if I'm not mistaken. And he, when I got him, he was probably the size of your pinky finger. And now he is probably... From my wrist to the end of my middle finger, and he's pretty girthy. He's huge. Like I'm almost afraid he might eat some fish. Oh yeah, some of those catfish grow fast. That's what I like about them. And they clean yeah, up the bottom a little bit. Yeah, he's pretty good size. That's, That's awesome. the thing about the Cynodontus catfish because when you do like like I like I have a special diet that I got that I'm going to have for my, my new fish coming in. And I've actually got some frozen um, brine shrimp is what I got. And l- let me let me give you a little insight on the frozen brine shrimp. I myself do not want to make brine shrimp. I don't. I just don't feel like I would want to mess with it too much. But if you go to Petco, I don't know if you go to Petco or PetSmart yourself, but I, I was looking at the frozen section, and they have brine shrimp, right? But 
you can get there's a package in there you can get I think it is nine ounces for seventeen dollars. Well, down below there's actually a flat of brine shrimp, and you can get I think it was four ounces for for four dollars, and it's a dollar an ounce pretty much is what you're paying for. And I got four of those packages, and that made uh let's see yeah right at seventeen dollars and some change is what I paid for it, and I. And with that situation, I ended up getting 16 ounces compared to that 9 ounces. So if you ever want to go brine shrimp, I'd, I'd really check into that before you go off paying $17 for 9 ounces. I'm actually glad you brought that up because my Petco has that same uh, brine shrimp, and I usually buy that. I buy like four or five packages at a time. It's the cheapest brine shrimp I've ever seen, so... We were always sticking on the same page, me and you. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, man. You know, you know, I I agree with uh, quality is the key. I understand that, but the brand that is selling the four dollars, one dollar an ounce, that is a really great brand. They've been on the shelves for years, and it's just it's all it is is brine shrimp completely, nothing more, nothing less. I don't see what, why, besides the way they package it and the other package, which is, they call them gumdrops. Okay, I can understand that if you're going to drop that into your tank, and that's what you want. But, dude, you can take this and just break it off a little chunk, dissolve it in water, and feed your fish. I don't see what the big difference is. I agree with you. I noticed there's a huge price difference between the gumdrops and the flats. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't either. And, and you're not going to trick me with trying to sell me nine ounces for $17. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> I'm a cheapskate, so I'll just play the flat. <laughs> exactly. I'll I'll do a little more work and feed my fish like that. So That's true. So what does 2017 have in store for Here for the Fins? Here for the Fins, man. You know, my wife has been talking to me about that. She wants me to get back into it so bad, and I want to get back into it. I just feel – here's my problem with doing the videos. I feel like I'm repetitive, and I feel like everything I say, somebody already else has said, and I feel like if I put that out there, nobody's going to like it. So this is what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about specifically my aquarium, specifically my fish, specifically what I am doing and not about other fish that I do not have or I do not mess with. Because I think that you doing my, well, with me doing my own stuff, I think it's going to be a lot better content than me trying to say something about a trophus that I don't even have yet and I, I haven't even messed with. Which, that is, Alex, at the end of the year, I think I'm going to do something with the white lips. I think I'm going to do 150 full of trophus. And that's going to be another big thing. Me and my wife were talking about that today. But uh, here for the fins, man. Um, That's going to be, I hope, coming back into play in the next month or two. That sounds awesome. I think you're going to do a great job with that. And I I totally agree with you. And I think once you uh, talk about your aquarium in like a vlog style on YouTube, you're going to have fun with it. And I think you're going to have more success with it like that. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, I, I think that's probably what I need to do and in the process because, you know, I, I see a lot of people, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but 
they talk about stuff they did, that they don't even have or have never even messed with. And to me, that's I feel like they're just reading it out of a book. You know what? If that's what you're going to do, that's fine. I, I feel like you don't have the, the personable situation with the fish. So to me, I, I'm more apt to go to the guy that's going to show the video of the fish and talk about the fish because he keeps the fish. So he knows what's going on. So I feel like that's going to be a little better content than what I was doing, which was talking about fish I didn't even own some of the times. So. Very, very true. So uh, we'll definitely have you on in 2017. We'll, me and you will talk about your uh, your favorite African cichlids because I've been promising to do African cichlids show with you forever. So we'll do it this year. Hell yeah, we'll do that this year. I'm down, man. I am so down. It's going to be fun. I guess we'll start with the Frontosia show. I'm down. Let's do some Frontosia, man. I love Frontosia. You know, that that is one fish that to me is, I, I guess the word you could use is so majestic. They're so just calm and collective until they get their dominance and he will show you who's boss pretty much. Which is really cool. I, I really enjoy that cichlid. I love that about them too. I love that's why I love Frank Twitter. They're beautiful and majestic. <laughs> yeah, that's the only word I can come up with majestic. <laughs> that's awesome. Well I wanna thank you for being here tonight. I had a great chat with you and uh I couldn't think of a better way to start twenty seventeen than having you as a guest. I really enjoyed our fish chat. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it, dude. I really do. I appreciate you letting me be on the show. You know, I mean, you're one of my best friends. I, I thank you for everything you do and what you've done for me in the in the past. And uh, I hope we, we have a great future together in the podcasting situation. So. We definitely will, and I can't wait to visit you in Texas this year. That's going to be amazing, dude. We'll go check out some fish stores and everything mm-hmm. else, man. Yeah, I look forward to that. Be awesome. You have a great night now, and thank you for for being here on this uh, 2017 premiere of Aquatic Wetline. Thanks, man. You too, dude. I'm gonna go pick some fish up here in a little bit. Awesome. It's always exciting to get new fish. Oh my gosh, I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> have fun and enjoy them. Thanks, man. You have a great day. You too. Bye bye. And that was a fantastic interview with uh, Donovan Barker. So two great interviews between Jeremy Stellhorn and uh, Donovan Barker to kickstart the new year. So time is flying by, and it looks like I'm not going to have time to do the third segment, which is the 20-minute Q&A with Aqua Alex. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and schedule that show for next week. We'll do uh, – Q&A live with Aqua Alex, a full two hours, where I'll be able to answer your questions. So stay tuned for that. And then I'm going to talk about Green Carers, Salvini's, and the rest of the sequence that I was going to talk about on today's show in their very own show. All right? So right now, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take my quick intermission and... I want to let people know that every intermission here in 2017 is going to have a 
song that is produced by an up-and-coming artist, and all the music that's going to be on Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Jeremy Stellhorn of Blossom City Radio. He does amazing things with the up-and-coming artist, and I'm very honored to uh, play them here on Aquatic Wetline because I like to support tropical fish keepers and fish businesses, but also I like to support other small-time people and other aspects of life. So we're going to do that here on Aquatic Wetline. That's going to start right here, right now, live tonight. And uh, it's going to happen every show afterwards. So during this intermission, we're going to hear a great song from the artist Ray Gorin called Save My Soul. Credit goes to artist Ray Groen, or, or excuse me, Ray Gorin, and Doug Detch Publicity Services. When we come back, we'll have our third and final guest, a guest that you, Afri- you, you cichlid lovers are going to love, as Antonio Martina will be here to talk about Red Devil Cichlids. So don't go anywhere, folks. Intermission time.
tropical fish keepers of both freshwater and saltwater. You are invited to be a part of Aquatic Wetlines Group exclusive to the fish keepers and listeners of Aquatic Wetlines. The name of the group is Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. On this group you can post pictures of your aquarium, your fish, and chat fish. There will be contests and more. So join right now. Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. Are you ready? To answer some tropical fish questions asked by yours truly, me, Aqua Alex. Well, you better be. Coming to Aquatic Wetline on January 25th, 2017 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. I present to you Aquatic Wetline Aquarium Tuber Challenge, where I will be asking you, the listeners, some tropical fish questions, and you're going to be able to call in at 1-347-989-8142 to answer them. So, I ask my audience, get ready for January 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern, and get ready to answer some tropical fish keeping questions from me. Hope to see you there, live, January 25th, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, blogtalkradio.com, forward slash aquatic wetline. March 2017 is going to be an epic month for the aquatic wetline because we will be the very first Fish Keeping Podcast to debut not one, but two awesome fish keeping shows. First up, we have the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. This is going to be a show where I induct some legendary fish keepers into my Hall of Fame. These fish keepers have left an impact on the aquarium hobby. March 15th, 2017, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. The very first inductee into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame is the great Corridors breeder, Lynn Massey. Lynn Massey will take her place into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame on March 15th. Also coming to the Aquatic Wetline on March 25th, 2017 at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific Time is Aquarium Throwdown, the very first Tropical Fish Keeping Podcast Trivia Game. Who will be the contestants? What prize will there be? Who will win the prize? Find out as Aquarium Throwdown debuts March 25th. So, now's the time to become a loyal listener of Aquatic Wetline. We'll see ya 
in March with some awesome shows right here on Aquatic Wetline. Attention all Aquatic Wetline listeners, we invite you to check out Alex Cardinali's other podcast called Ace Network. Ace Network also airs right here on Blog Talk Radio. Ace Network features cooking shows in a fun style, WWE wrestling shows, music shows, lunch hour talk shows, and much more. There is something for everyone. This is a new show and it has a bright future ahead of it. Please check out and listen to Ace Network today by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ace Network with Alex Cardinali. Thanks says Alex Cardinali the ace who runs this place. Ace Network is also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast sites under Lunch with Alex Cardinali name. Check it out there too. Hey yeah, this is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish keeping show brought to you by Aqua Alex in Springfield, Massachusetts. Let's get back to the tropical fish chat right now. <laughs> Welcome back to the 2017 premiere of Aquatic Wetline. And boy, do I got to tell you, I'm having so much fun here on the first episode of Aquatic Wetline of 2017. I'm very happy to be here tonight. I'm happy to have you, my listeners, join me. And I'm happy that you're joining me on the ride for the awesome year 2017 is going to be. For Aquatic Wetline. We heard tonight that Aquatic Wetline is debuting a aquatic trivia contest game called um, Aquarium Throwdown. There's going to be eight contestants a month, and there's going to be a prize sponsored by a fantastic aquarium company. That's going to be something that I'm going to announce as the um, more information and more details come in because nothing is finalized yet. And then, of course, I have the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame with the first inductee, the late, great Corridoris breeder, Lynn Maffney. And we had some amazing guests on the show tonight. We had uh, Donovan Barger and Jeremy Stellhorn. But now it's time for our um, guest that I think a lot of cichlid lovers are going to enjoy. So I'm going to cut to the chase because we don't have much time left. Right after our guest interview, I'm going to wrap up the show. So, let's learn about Red Devils. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Tropical Fish Keepers, it's time for our main event right here on the 2017 premiere of Aquatic Wetline. It's time for our main event guest. Our big guest tonight is a cichlid lover and a man who has a lot of knowledge on a wide range of cichlids, from Oscar cichlids to Red Devil cichlids and everything in between. 
He has been on the aquatic wet line before, back in 2015, when he came on here to chat about Oscar Cichlids, and he did a great job spreading knowledge on the gorgeous Oscar Cichlids. You can find the show in the archive section of Aquatic Wetline by going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquatic wetline or by simply going on Google and looking up Oscar Cichlids and Antonio Martina. The main event, main event guest tonight is Antonio Martina, a fellow Italian and cichlid lover. But most importantly, he has a love and knowledge for Red Devil Cichlids. He is the winner of the 2016 OCA Cichlid Show with his gorgeous Red Devil. And him and I are going to talk about Red Devil Cichlids and how to keep and breed them. Red Devils are a fish that got me into the aquarium hobby and one of my personal favorite cichlids. And tonight, Antonio and I are going to have a nice chat about these cichlids. So, if you want to learn about red devils, this is for you. Antonio, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, my pleasure, Alex. My pleasure. I see. It's an I honor see to have you, you on the show tonight. Nice little, little devil there. Yeah, I got a nice creamsicle red devil. Yes, they're wonderful fish. Um, it is my personal belief that they are one of the most personable fishes you can ever own. Um, I know the three that I own personally are always right up to the tank when anybody walks in the room. That's I think that's one of the, the, the biggest draws to the Amphilopus family. That's very true. I have to agree with you. They have a, a phenomenal personality. That's what I like about them, too. And they have a lot of color too. Yes, oh the colors the colors are wide ranging, anywhere from striped like a convict to pure white to to pure orange and just about everything in between. Um uh, I'm lucky enough to own one of the rarer uh red devils that's actually orange and black, my showfish store, um, who was uh his parents were caught by Rusty Wessel on Lake Nicaragua, um, four years ago or five years ago, they were caught. Um, I was lucky enough to get six of the fry from him at one of the, um, local, uh, tropical fish club meetings. Um, that's something I recommend to all your listeners. Look up in your area and see if there's any fish clubs. It is such a great way to learn and just, just to associate with fellow fish nuts. Do you belong That's to any very clubs, good point. Huh? Do, do you belong to any fish clubs? I do, actually. I belong to one that's not from my personal state, but the state across. I belong to uh, a Connecticut cichlid club that I actually love very, very much. It's actually what brought me back into freshwater and cichlids. Yes. I, I Like I said, I, I strongly suggest to anybody that's getting into the hobby, Look up in your area. It's there's there's fish clubs all over the country, and it's it's a great way to meet other fish people, and um, you can get exposed to totally different species of fish that you would never you know you would never think of 
but by going to a fish club, you can be introduced to them. And there are there are just so many wonderful species of fish out there. But like you said, you and I are are big fans of the cichlids and red devils being top of the list on that. That's very true. So I'm going to ask you, what do you like about red devil cichlids? Okay. Well, like I said, I like the fact that they are just so personable that now if you go to my YouTube site, you can see what you can do, which is Psycho Cichlid Room. Um, If you type that in on YouTube, um, they are so personable that I actually pet my first red devil, um, Red, that was his name, (laughs) perfect name for a red fish. He... He is a true wet pet. I have videos of me where I actually pet my fish, and he lays on the bottom of the tank, and he enjoys to be petted. Um, he's also a show winner. I took him to the OCA in 2013 and won Best in Show with him, too. They are they're just such a show fish that they, when you take them to the show, they just, people naturally gravitate to them. As soon as you walk up to that tank, that fish wants to see who you are and what are you doing in my in my area. And I Especially the male. Oh yes, oh definitely. But don't 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 let the girls fool you. I've got a big female that she's <laughs> just as feisty as the males can be. Um another really nice thing about the Red Devils is the ease of care. Um the the three secrets to red devils or any fish in my view are good quality food, good quality water, and good um attention to your fish. You know, do your weekly maintenance. Um A you just the more you watch their your fish, the more you'll realize what they like and what they don't like. Um water quality is top of the list though. I do 35 to 40% water change every week. Um, I clean the filters every other. I use both hang on the back filters, a power filter and sponge filters. I on a weekly rotation, one week I'll clean my sponge filters, the next week I'll clean my, my power filters, but clean water and good quality food. Um, that's another nice thing about the Red Devils. They're not an overly finicky eater. Um, I feed mine a varied diet during the warmer months of the year, being that I'm in the Northeast. I use a lot of fresh worms that I catch and grow in uh, worm boxes. I catch night crawlers in the evening, and I feed them. I like to feed those because they're an all-natural, pure-protein food. Um, during the winter months, I will substitute frozen fresh shrimp that you can buy at any of your local grocery stores. I chop those. They seem to like that quite readily. The one thing I've noticed with all of my red devils and any of the antelopes, do not tend to eat feeder fish. Not that I recommend feeding any cichlid goldfish or any of that, but as a breeder, I have fish that too many of a certain species, uh, jaguars, for instance, um, 
what when they spawn? What do you you know? I can sell fifty or sixty of them, but what am I going to do with the other three hundred? So yes, I do use some of them for feeders. But I've noticed that the red devils are very, uh, very. They don't like the feeder fish. But you put a nightcrawler in that tank and watch out; they come right to it. Um, good pellets. I like Ken's pellets. Um, any of the tetra pellets. Uh, any good name fish food as a balanced diet for them. And as for a treat, every now and then, I actually take frozen peas and thaw them out, and I'll give them a couple of them. That gives them a little bit of roughage. They like crab, uh, crayfish. Um, I use self-cloning blue crayfish. I raise, I have a few 10-gallon tanks that I actually raise uh, crayfish. They really like those. Um, Snails. Uh, I found one of the best ways to, when you have an overpopulation of snails in one tank, you feed them to your red devils. They really, really enjoy the snails. And it's a bonus because now I'm taking the snails out of my planet tank and turning them into a good food source. Temperature is fairly temperatures are fairly constant. Um anywhere between sixty sixty eight and seventy eight is a is a fine temperature for the, the red devils. Awesome. Any more questions so, for me there, uh, buddy? Sure. What kind of tank mates have you found worked out well with red devils? Okay. As for a female any big cichlid, I've got a female in with a couple of Oscars, um, any of the central, bigger Central American, the Vihays, um, they, 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 they can be a decent tank mate for the uh, Red Devils. But when you get into a big male situation, there is no suitable. Um, there, it, I, I, I personally have never been able to have more than one male Red Devil with anything, um, they they just do not prefer company. They are a very aggressive fish when they get into the foot long range. Um, I have never, once again, my my two males are show fish, so I keep them in uh, ninety gallon tanks all by themselves. They have they have no companions other than me. Um, I when breeding them. A large tank is necessary. I found the only way I could ever breed the one pair that I did breed was in a 150, and I had to provide a lot of hiding spaces for her because after they spawn, he his aggression level just shoots through the roof. He was attacking the glass, the grids on the tank to get at my hand as I was trying to feed them. They're super, super aggressive like that. Now, I do know other people that have tanks that they keep upwards of 10 and 12 of them together, and that does mellow out the aggressions. But I personally have never had that. I've never been able to to accomplish that. That's good to know. Now, if someone raised a Red Devil Juvenile with uh, other fish, you think that would help as the Red Devil matures? Yes, they, as they mature, they should, yes. I when I got into my red devils I did purposely just go for a single male as a show fish to take to different shows across the country. Um 
But yes, that 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 is one of the best ways, Alex. That's a good point. Is to start them off as juveniles with other juveniles and have them grow. And yes, that 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 will that will calm the the aggression down remarkably. Very good to know. So I know that you have uh, bred Red Devils before. So what does it take to breed Red Devils? Tell us all about it. Um. Well, what I what I had done is I started out. I got uh, I had three sources of the fish. I I got two set two two fish from three different areas. As as like you said, as very small, they were about a half inch, and just constant water changes. And I started them out in a seventy five, and at the end, I ended up with the the pair. In the 150, um, it's just a trial and error. They paired off. I've never been able to put a male and a female into a tank and say, "Okay, breed." Um, I've always been only been able to do it by getting juveniles and raising them up over a span of. It took almost two and a half years to get them from half an inch to the almost eight to ten inch range where they were spawning size and. Um, it's just like I said. It's a, a constant. That's once a week. Water changes. Um, feeding every day. Um, they putting in the. They they seem to like clay pots. They like to breed in clay pots. I have clay pots in most of my breeder tanks. Um, you can use other things. I've seen people use pieces of slate and things like just rock caves like that. But it seems that the uh, the red devils really like to spawn in the clay pots. Awesome, very good to know. Now, for all the uh, beginners in the cichlid hobby, how can you sex red devils? Personally, I can't. Um, uh, there is there is web there is stuff on the internet where people can show you. Um, I I. I'm more of a, I let my fish tell me what they are. I watch my fish. Um, the females and the males, the males do get a larger uh, nautical, nautical hump on their head. Um, the females will have a smaller, but um, males tend to be larger than the females. But I, there is there is a method called benting, but I am not proficient at it. I don't claim to be, um, that's where you actually, where you actually take the, fish out of the, the tank, hold it in your hand, and you look at the reproductive organs and can tell. I I personally can't do it. Um, there are people that, that do it, and they do it rather well. They are very, very consistent in their, if they tell you that you have a male or a female, they're normally right. Unfortunately, I am not one of them. <laughs> Me either. Now, the next question I have for you, about the Amphilophus species is there's a thing on the internet that says that most of the red devils at your local fish store and stuff are are my devils, a cross between the red yeah. devil and a Midas. Is there any truth to that? That is, um, I w I wasn't gonna ta I wasn't gonna touch on that because um, <laughs> people get very upset about that. But yes, that is true. Um, I I can honestly say my fish. My my first fish was red, is a true Amphilophus citronellus. That is a Midas cichlid. 
Thor, my newer show fish, is a Amphilopus labatum. That is a true red devil. I can say that because I know the people that caught them and have documentation. But when you go into a PetSmart and it's labeled a Midas or a red devil, you have no way of knowing. And yes, they. Now, don't get me wrong, the mid devil is a beautiful fish. It is a cross between the red devil and the Midas, um, hence the mid devil. They're a beautiful fish, they've got the traits of both of them. Uh, the Midas and the Red Devil. They're great fish, but for show purposes and for breeding purposes, um, you have to you have to be able to be, be specific and say yes, this this Red Devil came from Lake Nicaragua. Um, this Midas came from uh, Laguna Laguna Lanuna, um, or a different collection point, whereas a lot of the pet smarts and things of that nature, they're coming from farms and they, they they don't know for sure what the lineage of that fish is. Not to and once again, that means it doesn't mean anything unless you're breeding them or showing them. But for a, 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 an average hobbyist or even a a, a, a hobbyist that is in, in loves the the red devils. It doesn't matter as long as you love you like that fish. It's that's all that counts. Um, that like I said, I wasn't going to bring that up. I I am. I don't claim to be a purist by any form, but I do like to know that my fish are what I say they are. And I I have a, I've had mid devils. They're they're like I said, they're beautiful fish. Um, they're the best. I sometimes think they're the they're the best of both fish combined. Um, sorry to, if I upset anybody with that, but that's that's just how I feel. Very well said. I don't think you would offend anybody. It was very oh. well put. My last question for you is: uh, Do you think red devils are a good beginner cichlid for someone that wants to enter into cichlids? Yes, I do. I think that's. I think they're. A, uh, an excellent choice for a beginner as long as you realize that you are getting into a nasty fish that's going to need a little bigger of a tank you know you could keep a keep one in a 55 for, for a few years no problem but once they get into the, the 12 inch range you really want to put them into a 75 or a 90 um alone or a 125 with some other fish if you want to have that but yeah they're they're great beginner fish um it teaches the it'll teach the new person about cleaning the tank and keeping the water clean because if their water's not clean and or they're not getting their water changes, they pout and nobody wants a pouty fish. So you take care of them and they'll they'll give you years, literally years of enjoyment because some of these some of the mid devils and the the Midas and the Red Devils, you're looking at a 15-year-old fish. Um, they, they can live a long time. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being here tonight. I really enjoyed chatting Red Devils with you. Oh, Alex, it's always a pleasure. Anytime you want to chalk fish, I'm more than happy. I'll have you on uh, my 400th episode, and we could talk about my one of my other favorite cichlids, the Jaguar, Pierre Oh, Oh, 
Yes, yes. The Pyrochromus manganese, Jaguar cichlid, aptly named because they are ferocious. Another one of my favorites. They're very beautiful. That's a fish that always, that always get the name wrong. I say Manic Winston. <laughs> yes, the males, the males of the jaguars, the jaguar cichlids, the male, in, when they are in breeding colors, in my view, are one of the prettiest fish. Even my wife, who really does not care for my hobby, has commented on how pretty the male jaguar cichlid really is. So I will be honored to talk to you on your 400th show, Alex. Awesome, it's a deal. So you're one of our confirmed guests. Thank you for being here on the 2017 premiere. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you have a happy new year. Alex, I hope all your fish spawn this year, and you uh, realize all your potential. Thank you, sir. You're you're very uh, very uh, I'm very honored to have you on the show. It's a pleasure. Anytime, Alex. Have a nice night. You too, sir. Bye-bye. Wow. What a great show tonight. What a super amazing start to 2017. I hope you are all as excited as I am for Aquatic Wetline this year. This has the making to be a historic, incredible year for Aquatic Wetline. I hope you will join me on my path to make Aquatic Wetline a big success this year as I chat about the fish I know and love, interview some awesome guests, and do some awesome episode celebrations like the one tonight. Aquatic Wetline is getting ready to celebrate its 400th episode, and our first confirmed guest for our 400th episode is going to be Jaguar Sacred Lover, Antonio Martina. I'd like to form a nice um, Aquatic Wetline relationship with Antonio, and uh, we'll have him on the show to talk about the sequence that he loves. He is an amazing person and an amazing guest. Um, and I can't wait for our 400th episode. Maybe I'll have some nice tricks up my sleeves to make it a, a good show. I also want to remind you that Aquatic Wetline is on social media again this year. You can find Aquatic Wetline on Facebook by going to Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast. So go on the uh, Facebook search bar and type in Aquatic Wetline Fish po- Podcast. And uh, you can hit like on that page and uh, get news and updates for Aquatic Wetline. Also, make sure to join my Facebook group, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. I already have some uh, members posting pictures of their aquariums. So you go ahead and join there and post pictures of your tank. Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. And that is the end of Aquatic Wetline's 2017 premiere. I'm ready to rock 2017. I'd like to thank Community Fish Lover and Epistogramma Secret Lover, Jeremy Stellhorn, African Secret Lover, Diamond Barger, and Red Devil Secret Keeper and Breeder, Antonio Martina, for being here tonight. I really enjoyed chatting tropical fish. 
I want to send a huge thank you to all of you, the listeners. Whether you love or hate me, you are what makes my show, Aquatic Wetlands, succeed. I want to thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And I hope you will enjoy all the shows of 2017. With that being said, let's get ready for an awesome 2017. Good night, Tropical Fish Keepers, and I'll see you on Wednesday as I talk about Jack Dempsey's cichlids. Good night, everyone. This is Aqua Alex, and we're ready for 2017. Thank you for tuning into the 2017 premiere of Aquatic Wetline Tropical Fish Keepers. I hope you enjoy the show. Special thanks to Jeremy Stelhern, Donovan Barger, and Antonio Martino for being fantastic guests. Special thanks to the fish keepers who submitted questions for me to answer. I really enjoyed answering them. A huge thank you to everyone who listened to the show tonight. I hope you'll remain a loyal listener because I Aqua Alex promised that I will do my best to make 2017 the year for awesome fish podcasts. With that being said, let the year of Aquatic Wetline begin. Good night everyone. This episode of the Aquatic Wetline has concluded. Aqua Alex thanks you for listening to his show. Please check out Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Podcast on Facebook and hit like for tropical fish facts and more. Feel free to reach Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com with any tropical fish questions. Your questions may make the show. Good night.